Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, folks. You know, I have people blaming me somehow for Aaron Rodgers going down. I just made the observation last week that I didn't think the field at MetLife seemed to be all that stable in rain. That doesn't mean I jinxed it for Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's let's back up the truck here. Uh, you know, again... Aaron Rodgers is injury-prone throughout most of his career and is 39 years old. An injury could have happened at any point in the season. Now, the fact that it happened four snaps into the game, yeah, not ideal. But to say that it's this, uh, I don't know, juju or... Like, wish he would. Like, I don't give a rat's ass about the Jets. (laughs) Like, you know, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. My observation was just about the MetLife field in general, it did not seem all that stable when I watched Giants Cowboys because it seemed like players were slipping all over the place that, you know, have just happened to be the very next night that Aaron Rodgers goes down with the Achilles injury and is essentially done for the year. But make no mistake about it, Aaron Rodgers is not going to fade away. Aaron Rodgers is very much in, very few athletes have ever been in this space, but Aaron Rodgers has entered into the space that I put for a select few. One of them being Mike Tyson, when it, essentially, you could put in Aaron Rodgers, da 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 X Y Z as a plot line, and that's the story. And you would actually believe the story because you're going to hear random ass stuff about Aaron Rodgers that's just weird and off topic because he just does weird stuff. And I'm not going to be remotely surprised by it. So if he's listening to dolphin mating sounds. As part of his rehab process. Guys. This is what he's going to do. And yes. Does he say this out loud. To be provocative. And to get people talking about him. Absolutely. Do I doubt that he's doing that stuff. No. No I do not. Because he just seems to be one of those weird dudes. It's just one of those things. That he actually. Believes some of that stuff. So yes. He's going to be. A uh, a lightning rod, if you will, for weird and eccentric stories about what he's doing. And yes, this is going to extend into his post-playing career as well. Because y- you had Bill Walton kind of go down this road. I already mentioned Tyson is the most classic example of if you throw his name into a story... Chances are you're probably going to believe it because 
he is just that kind of dude. Aaron Rodgers has been veering into this path for a number of years now and finally crossed over, I would say, during his whole turf toe situation where he was trying to explain the fuck. Like, this has been brewing for a while. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, going to be weird. Don't be surprised when he does something weird. And so for everyone to go crazy over this story about him listening to dolphin mating sounds, it's not a fake story because he's the one who said it. But I'm not going to doubt him because, frankly, you know, when you are in his spot and you want to do everything possible to get back and you don't care what people think about you, yeah, you're going to try every weird-ass alternative treatment theory there is. And, yes, he got he actually got surgery, which people were making the joke of, is he going to get surgery or is he going to get uh, take a shot? Like, again... I'm not even going to go into the political debates with, uh, regarding Rodgers because, again, the guy is just out there in general. I'm just saying, if you think this is the last we're going to hear of Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be chirping about his recovery process throughout the entire season. Whether or not the Jets are still relevant or not remains to be seen because they still didn't make a trade for another quarterback and they're actually going to ride with uh, Zach Wilson heading into Dallas. I'll have more thoughts on that game later, but uh, for now, let's get into the week two uh, picks uh, throughout the week uh, for Sunday, and we have a doubleheader Monday night, so yeah, let's get right on to it. First on deck, uh, we did have the Vikings uh, uh, make a go of it. Philly won the game, but only by six, so the Vikings did cover, but... uh, yeah, uh, we're going to start off with the first game. Cincy hosting Baltimore. I really am like torn with this game because I could see Cincy dropping this game to go 0-2, but I honestly believe Cincy's the better team, so I'm, I have to, it, 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 in my gut, I have to look at this as... Uh, the proper line with Cincy being, um, with Cincy being a uh, uh, minus three and a half favorite. The issue is Joe Burrow doesn't look ha- healthy with his calf, and you know the Ravens. While they lost J.K. Dobbins, they still have Lamar Jackson uncompromised so far. So this is a dangerous spot for the Bengals. You know. I don't really love this game for DFS purposes because I think both defenses play a bit rough and nasty when it's a divisional game like this. So I'm not as fond of trying to force feed in, especially with Burrow being this expensive. I'm not a fan of trying to force feed in um, Burrow and uh, <clears throat> uh, force feed in Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase. It, to me, it feels a little bit forced this week to try to make that work. While Burrow is cheaper than normal at sixty nine hundred, like Jamar Chase is seventy nine hundred, the salaries just seem just still a tad too rich. Like you need this game to pop off hard in order to kind of justify it. When you know the Raiders are going to give up points to Josh Allen and the Bills, so that's the thing. It's like Allen's a thousand higher than Burrow, but. Stefan Diggs is only 100 higher than Diggs. And again, 
I think the Bills are putting up 30-plus points on the Raiders, which is going to be the chalk play, by the way, like the Bills. Um, we're going to try to get a little bit different. Um, but, uh, yeah, let, let's just talk about that game next. So, Bills, Raiders, West Coast team traveling all the way to the East Coast for a 1 o'clock kickoff. You know my stance. I hate when West Coast teams have to do a 1 o'clock kickoff. It, it usually takes them a half to get going. Raiders are not the kind of team I expect to be diligent. But, but, the reason why I do say we could consider this matchup is the fact that uh, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs are the funnels on offense for the Raiders. They get essentially 85% of the work between the two of them combined. Which, again, is amongst the highest, if not the highest in the league uh, over the last year. With that being said, I still think that the Bills are going to put up a tremendous amount of points uh, this game. The line's 8.5. That's where I think you could get yourself into trouble that the Raiders could actually put up some points and do a backdoor cover. But I do think the Bills are scoring over 30 against the Raiders' defense. Uh, after the Monday night debacle, Josh Allen is going to be pissed. I think the Bills are going to be focused. Yes, you can play Raiders' defense in the event that Allen does throw a dumb pick. But usually in these spots, after the implosion game from Allen, he usually, uh, not that he plays settled, but he's slightly less reckless. And if he's slightly less reckless, then it's trouble for the Raiders because I don't really see the scenario unless Allen makes a ton of mistakes where the Raiders truly um, put some uh, put some crooked numbers up and the Bills are scrambling to come from behind. I, I, I think this is more the Raiders are chasing throughout and then... You get some um, pass uh, catching work for Jacobs. Uh, they're feeding the ball to Adams, and we kind of go from there. So uh, I like uh, Adams and uh, Jacobs. Nobody else from the Raiders not playing Jimmy G. Yes, technically you could play Jimmy G, but Jimmy G's pricing it's not it's not like given where some of these other plays are. Uh, Jimmy G's pricing just. I don't think you're getting that much of a discount compared to some of these other plays that you could play, like an Anthony Richardson or Jared Goff. Uh, I, I think Jimmy G's pricing uh, just doesn't quite get there, and that's where you know sometimes you can like some individual plays, but not necessarily like the stack. I don't necessarily like the Raiders stack, but I do think that uh, this team is going to score. Uh, points against the Bills today, so I like both sides of the matchup. Um, I just think that the Bills are going to put up an, uh, more than enough points uh, to uh, be comfortably ahead, and then it just kind of comes down to, can the Raiders just score enough to uh, possibly cover that spread? Uh, probably not, but it wouldn't shock me if it, if it did come down to... Um, it wouldn't shock me if it did come down to, uh, uh, like a last last possession, um, just because we have seen uh, 
some implosion spots from the Bills before when they should be dominant. So, again, uh, just uh, things to bear in mind. All right. Let's get into Green Bay and Atlanta. This is a weird one. Atlanta, home dog, plus one and a half uh, underdog. Green Bay favor. Yes, the Bears played terribly um, last week. Uh, I I think Tampa's going to end up beating the Bears at home. Uh, I mean, uh, Tampa's, well, you know, Tampa's hosting the Bears. I think um, Tampa's going to end up beating the Bears. But that doesn't necessarily mean Green Bay's going to beat Atlanta just because they won last week. I think this game's close. I think Atlanta finds a way to win. But I think this is a tight game. This is one of those where I'm staying away from the bet entirely because Green Bay's not exceptionally favored. I think Atlanta wins the game. But I think it's so close that you could end up losing uh, this game one way or the other because it's a, it's a point. I, I think this could be one of those razor-thin games uh, down to the wire. I, I just don't have any interest in Atlanta or Green Bay. And outside of, again, I think the Atlanta pieces are way too expensive. B. John Robinson, I need him to produce for multiple weeks before I'm going to get on that hype train. Uh, he is still overpriced, in my opinion. We don't know how much of the share of the office he's going to get. It, like, he's... He's priced in the mid-7K range. Like, I'm sorry. It's just too expensive. There's so many other guys you could be playing. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I just can't, I can't, he's 7,900. Like, how is this, again, I'm not going to begrudge people who play him in GPPs. In cash, you're out of your mind. In GPPs, I still think it's, it's not needed. I really don't think it's needed. I mean, you can go to Tony Pollard for 7500 in a way better spot against the Jets, uh, a Jets defense that could get tired from having to play their hearts out Monday night, and then they get to turn around to have to play the Cowboys on Sunday in Dallas. Tony Pollard's in a way better spot than B. John Robinson. And yes, I know the ownership's going to be hired on Pollard, but... I think the floor on Robinson's way lower than Pollard. And again, you're paying seventy nine hundred. I I can't I can't get behind that. And then, you know, nobody knows what Atlanta's doing with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm, like to me, this is a stay away spot for betting. It's a stay away spot for DFS. Um on the Packer side, the only guy I'd be really considering is uh because I didn't see much from Musgrave to venture back out to tie that in that spot. I, I think it's Javon Reed, just because it looks like Christian Watson's going to be out again. And then you look at Romeo Dobbs, who's about 4,400. Um, Reed's about like 3,500. Uh, I, I think the pricing is just too cheap on... These other wide receivers that without Christian Watson, yeah, that's the direction I'd be looking at. Just the cheap pieces to fill in. But I I don't love this game overall. I think it plays tight. 
I don't necessarily think it's it's a shootout, but um, yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. And then you know I brought this up, but Tampa and Chicago, I don't know who it's gonna be, but this Chicago uh, secondary is gonna get ter- uh, torn up by either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. The reason being. They can't play cover anyone in the secondary, and a veteran veteran wide receivers like those two are gonna find the seams and rip this team apart. The question is, you know, can Baker get the ball to them? I think he probably will, but it's not gonna be bombs. It's gonna be more intermediate uh, or short yardage passing situations, and those players are gonna have to find the seam, which they easily can because Chicago can't tackle, which is crazy to say that a Bears team cannot tackle. But looking at that film against the Packers last week. These guys cannot tackle. I, I I am betting Tampa. I think Tampa wins. I don't think it's that close of a game. I still don't think Baker Mayfield's that good, but I, I think Tampa uh, Tampa's going to win because Chicago is that bad on defense. It, it doesn't really matter um, at that point when you're tackling that poorly. Uh, but yeah, that that's. Uh, Uh, that's kind of where I'm lining things up. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, moving on, we've got Indy traveling to Houston to play the Texans. Whew, okay. Uh, Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud. I think both of these offenses are essentially going to be struggling at points. Indy, you get some explosiveness out of Anthony Richardson. Houston, they're going to spread the ball around. I do actually like uh, two plays from the Texans side. I like Nico Collins. And I like uh, Tank Dell. Tank Dell is going to run you 3,200. Nico Collins about 4,800. I actually like where Stroud is kind of funneling the passing routes. Now, not so much necessarily from a real-life QB development standpoint, but from fantasy purposes, you still have the Texans receivers being too cheap against an indie secondary that's going to give up points, in my opinion. So I actually like those two plays for the game itself. Honestly, this is one of those I'd stay away spots because I don't necessarily trust either side. If you if you force me to pick, I'll take the Texans at home, even as a dog at plus one and a half, but I don't love the bet. Uh, Indy could easily win this game, but I'm not feeling like I don't feel that strongly about Indy either. I, I'd say this is one of those stay away betting spots. I'm, uh, but uh, I'm not necessarily going to be opposed to playing it uh, for DFS purposes. That is moving on the Chargers at the Titans. I will keep saying this. I don't care what the scenario is in a tight game. I'm taking the opposing coach pretty much 95% of the time versus Brandon Staley. This game's going to be tight, and I'm taking the Titans to win the game. I don't care. The The Chargers have the worst coaching staff in football. <laughs> it's, it's, it, 
There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, the Chargers are the worst coaching staff in football. They find ways to lose games that you have no business losing because their coaching staff is so terrible. I, I, I don't know what else there is to say about it other than Brandon Staley's terrible. Now, everyone was trying to hype up the Kellen Moore factor. They'll score points, but point scoring points was never the issue. It's the decision-making and the defense, which are supposed to be... The defense is supposed to be Brandon Staley's specialty. Watch. The offense is going to do their job, because I do think you can move the ball against the Titans, but I do think in the gotta-have-it situations and decision-making points, Mike Frable's going to own this game. The, the, the Titans are probably going to find a way to steal this game from the Chargers. So I'm taking the Titans as a home dog, plus three and a half. I, I, I'm This, I feel confident. Now, from a DFS standpoint, I don't like this game. Because Josh Kelly is too cheap as uh, the running back one with Austin Eckler out. He's 5K on DraftKings. He's too cheap. So he's going to be heavily owned on the slate. I don't want to necessarily be overweight on the field because I don't think Josh Kelly is particularly good. But I think the matchup against Tennessee... Given the the dollar value of Kelly, he could fall into the end zone. I don't <laughs> ah, excuse me. I don't think I'm necessarily fading him either. I think I'm probably gonna match the field with Josh Kelly and get different elsewhere. But uh the price tag is too cheap and that's the issue. I don't see the value in trying to get cute and avoid um Avoid Josh Kelly because it's just too uh, it's just too straightforward of a of a route tree with uh, Kelly that he's going to get the attempts and be able to rush it in. So I- I'm going to be on that side of it. I don't necessarily love the Tennessee side from a pricing standpoint. I, I think this is kind of a stay away spot from DFS, but from a betting standpoint, I do like the Titans to win outright. But uh, I'll take the points as well as the underdog at uh, home dog at plus three and a half. Uh, I again, Brandon Staley. Uh, I don't think there's much else I need to say about that. Finally, we have the two pr- uh, prime games. Uh, well, I shouldn't say prime games, but the two main matchups I think people should be focusing on. We have the replay of uh, Seattle Detroit, where. They had a complete shootout last year in Seattle. Detroit is a five and a half point favorite. I do think this is the game to target. I know people are going to be talking about Kansas City, Jacksonville. I think this is the game to target from a DFS standpoint. I'm not in love with the Kansas City, Jacksonville game uh, from a DFS standpoint. I don't think the prices are aligned with. Could that game shootout? Certainly. But I think the Seattle-Detroit game are cheaper in terms of pricing, of prices across the board. You're only getting golf at around 6300 versus Mahomes at 8200 Like, the Chiefs game has to break 70 to outscore the Seattle-Detroit game from a, a cost-per-dollar standpoint because I, I think the Seattle-Detroit game is going to break 60 points. 
And from my standpoint, once you get to that stage, like no other matchups are going to come close to that uh, from a salary perspective on DraftKings. So to me, the play is you're you're going with Seattle, Detroit from a DFS standpoint. Now Travis Kelsey is back for the Chiefs. Could he have a monster game and just be the pass funnel for uh, Patrick Mahomes? Certainly. That certainly can happen. But you're paying through the nose for uh, Kelsey uh, because you're you're paying close uh, close to 8K while you can get uh, Matt Laporta uh, for the Lions against the Seattle secondary that has been dead last against tight ends two years in a row at 3,900. To me, you need Kelsey to have a monster game to pay off the value. There's so many options between Detroit, uh, and that's a, that's the hard part. That's an MME play. Um, for for pinning down individual lineups, obviously, I'm around St. Brown. Everyone wants to look at him, but you could have Reynolds pop, uh, Josh Reynolds pop off. You could have Khalif Raven pop off. I already brought up Laporta. Uh, David Montgomery could fall into the end zone a couple of times and be the monster carry. On the Seattle side, you have Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker who could get the points. You have DK Metcalf who could get there. You have Tyler Lockett who can get there. So you have guys that can siphon out points. I'm saying if you condense your player pool to focus on this game, you're better off than looking at the KC game. That's my stance. In terms of the betting standpoint, I I do think he, the the play is the over because uh, uh, the line is at fifty three and a half. I think we go over um, on the Seattle Detroit game uh, in terms of the points, but in terms of the Kansas City Jacksonville game, I'll probably take the Jags as a home dog at plus three and a half. The Chief, do I think the Chiefs probably win the game? Yes. Do I think it's probably coming down to a field goal? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm feeling. So I think the hook gives us a little bit of benefit of doubt there with uh, uh, Jacksonville. So um, I'll take the Detroit minus 5.5, and, and I'll take Jacksonville plus 3.5. That brings us to the afternoon window. Uh, we'll just start off with the Giants game. Uh, Giants, uh, five-point favorites over Arizona. This is a trap game, folks. Uh, even though the Giants got completely blasted out of the building uh, in MetLife Stadium by the Cowboys, this is actually a trap game. Historically, over the last 30 years, the Giants have sucked playing in Arizona. Pure and simple. They have absolutely sucked. Every one of those Arizona games over the last 30 years, no matter how good or bad the Giants have been, turns into a cluster you-know-what uh, for one reason or another. So... I am not going to be surprised to see my uh, cell phone and Twitter feeds like just uh, loaded with like tilting fans complaining about the Giants losing to Arizona, be- because that can easily happen here. Now the caveat is Arizona's trying to tank for the number one pick. W- whether people want to admit that or not is another matter, but. The priority of this uh, organization is to tank for Caleb Williams, uh, the quarterback out of USC. So you're going to see certain things. Arizona's going to try to hand this game to the Giants. I don't think the Giants are particularly good right now, 
and I have and I've said this uh, quite some time. I don't think the Giants are particularly good in any one asset of the game. They were just well prepared and coached last year. Now, the players aren't buying into what the coaches are gave them from a game plan standpoint, or if the other team's prepared and ready to go, they run into trouble. Arizona looked feisty against uh, Washington last week on the road in a 1 o'clock window game. That actually impressed me with the players that they were actively competing hard and going after it. Now, from a coaching staff standpoint, again, I thought Arizona kind of fumbled uh, fumbled the bag and tried to get that game back to uh, Washington and uh, succeeded in doing so. I think they're going to do the same thing with the Giants. I think the Giants win this game, but this is not nearly as clean as people are expecting. Like Again, the Lions 5. I've seen 5.5, but I, I've see, uh, seen that 5. This could easily be a field goal game for the Giants. I am not betting the Giants. I'm betting the uh, Cardinals side of this. And I know I'm going to be very much on my loans. I'm here uh, because, it, like, the Giants seem to, be, seem to be the trendy betting pick. And I'm just saying, from a history as being a Giants fan, over 30 plus years, this Arizona trip turns into a cluster. I, I like it. There is no way to put a finger on what exactly goes on, but it is an absolute nightmare for the Giants playing in Arizona. I, there, I can't be any clearer about that. Anywho, moving on. We've got San Fran and the Rams. The Rams, uh, eight and a half point underdog to the Niners. I think the Niners get the win here. This is a very tight, tight uh, spread. Because I do think... Uh, the Rams can give the 49ers some trouble here. And realistically, this is one of those. I know the 49ers are better than the Rams. If this was later in the year, I might give some consideration that the Rams give up, but it's too early in the season for the Rams. The Rams still think that they have a chance to compete. Uh, even with Foul Cooper Cup and Paco Dachua, uh, Showed he could ball. The Rams are going to give a, 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 a worthwhile effort. It's going to come down to how well Brock Purdy plays in week two. If he throws the ball efficiently, the Niners can cover this. But this could be a very tight uh, spread to cover. Like, cause I could see the Niners winning by 10, but it's not necessarily a given that... Uh, it's not necessarily a given that the... Um, uh, it's not necessarily a given that the Niners cover this one. It, it, it's, I, I would say that this is one of those we could we could end up with the Niners winning by a touchdown, and obviously that's not going to get it done. But it, it's it's very hard. Um, it's very it's very hard to um say with any confidence that the Niners can cover this, even though I feel very confident the Niners win this game, eight and a half is an awkward place to be because you're essentially putting yourself in a spot where you got to, the other team's got to cover by 10. Like, that's why I say it's, and we're going to cover it to another game where I think the Jets' uh, defense might be able to uh, keep that uh, game close to another eight and a half uh, spread. So, um, not in love with... uh, 
not in love with the spread, but from a DFS standpoint, I do like uh, Christian McCaffrey. 8600 yes, he's expensive uh, as top play, but he's going to get fed the ball. And I think you could still roll with uh, uh, Debo Samuel, who's priced less than Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Samuel is 5600 Ayuk is 5800 you know, Debo's not running as much, but 5,600 and touchdown viability upside. Yeah, um, we can definitely go there. Uh, Kittle, if you're looking for a pivot off of uh, Kelsey or uh, the folks that are, well, I, I think you're probably going to get some ownership on Mark Andrews, uh, but uh, I, I think most people are going to be playing Kelsey. I think um, Kittle could be a nice pivot off of Kelsey as well, so. Um, don't hate to play there. Moving on. Jets at Dallas. Jets, the emotional Monday night football win. Losing Aaron Rodgers, playing the Cowboys. The Jets did not replace Zach Wilson. Uh, so you've got the Cowboys defense versus Zach Wilson. This could be the dumbest bet for me over uh, the week because the Jets versus Zach Wilson, everyone expects Zach Wilson to get absolutely smashed. But I will say that the Jets should probably do a decent job protecting Zach Wilson by running the football and not letting Zach Wilson play quarterback. Uh, In a sense, just let them game manage. If they do that, they have a chance because there is a scenario where the Jets defense can force turnovers on Dak Prescott and keep this game close because Dallas is expected to smash this Jets team. They're expected to. And that's usually when Dallas uh, Dallas is a, a heavy favorite and everyone's expecting them to win. That's when they usually fumble the bag and uh, get themselves into these awkward situations where it's a tight ball game down the stretch. But, again, my dislike of Zach Wilson as a good NFL quarterback uh, gives me great trepidation with uh, uh, going siding with the Jets side at plus 8.5 because... Uh, there, 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 there is very easily a way where uh, this uh, this turns into a, a disaster, uh, a disaster in my opinion, where uh, the Jets get rolled. Zach Wilson looks terrible, and then the uh, you know uh, New York Sports Talk Radio is asking why the Jets haven't considered uh, uh, other options at QB, which. It's a very valid question, by the way. It's a very valid question that the Jets are actually committed to Zach Wilson. I actually think that's pretty wild if they have any uh, any intention of uh, any intention of uh, trying to uh, get to the playoffs. In my opinion, I I don't see Zach Wilson being viable. I, I just I just can't get there, but for this game, I do think that the Cowboys have a very good shot at uh, <laughs> tri- tripping over their own foot and uh, and giving the Jets a chance to hang around in this one. But uh, yeah, that that's uh, essentially where we're at, and that gets us to Sunday Night Football. Uh, I will do a breakdown of the showdown uh, a bit later, uh, a bit later in terms of. Uh, where I'm looking for roster builds, but Miami as a two and a half point favorite, 
I'm taking the Dolphins' side of things. I think they beat the Pats. I think the line, again, it, it. I get it. It's New England and Foxborough, and the Dolphins don't play well there historically. I get all that, but I'm taking the Dolphins' side. Um, so I'll do showdown lineup for that, and then uh, we actually have a doubleheader for Monday Night Football. So Saints at Carolina. Saints, three-and-a-half-point favorites. They should cover this. But Derek Carr looked rough. He looked rough, in my opinion, um, in terms of uh, week one. So we'll see where he's at in terms of uh, in terms of uh, like how to build it out. And then uh, we got Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Usually low-scoring, ugly-looking game. I actually think the Browns' offense plays well Monday night, but do I have great confidence in it? No. Do I trust Kenny Pickett on the Steelers' side? Absolutely not. So, to me, it really comes down to what we get out of the Browns' offense. I do think the Browns win the game, but I don't have a great feeling about the... uh, I don't, I don't have a great feeling of confidence about uh, Kevin Stefanski because I also think he's one of those coaches that keeps skating by while not actually being good at the shop. So I'll leave it at that. So that does it for me. As I said, target the Seattle-Detroit game. I think that should prove very useful overall. But uh, yeah. That, that's where I'm, I'm going uh, this week. We'll see how it goes. And uh, until next time, don't trust the Chargers. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.